Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What do you think when you see a sinner? Are you biased? Well, I'm, to be honest, I'm better than them. Really? Really? No, I'm going to talk about it at the end. Because, see, sometimes in church, we think we're cool. We're not. We have a bias to people who don't believe like we do. So be careful. Why did Jesus do that? Because he came for all people. Those people were sinners. It was perfect. We should learn something from it. In today's teaching with Pastor Mark, we are reminded by James that we're not to treat some people better than others because they're rich, but that we're to show hospitality to everyone, even to those who cannot repay us. See, we're all made in the image of God. We're all children of God, and we should treat each other as equals in His eyes. As Christ followers, we must stand up to any notion that there are superior or inferior people groups. After all, shouldn't we be glad that God didn't show favoritism with us? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 1, with part one of his message entitled, Love All People, No Favoritism. I'm going to show you two questions, an A and a B. There are two questions in A and two questions in B. And I want you to tell me at all of our campuses, those of you guys watching online. Now, here's the questions. Number one, this is A. If you are rich, it's a sign you're spiritual. If you are poor, it's a sign you're not very spiritual. That's A. Here's B. If you are rich, it's a sign you're not spiritual. If you are poor... It's a sign that you are spiritual. Now, how many agree with A? How many agree with A? Let me see your hands. How many agree with A? How many agree with B? Let me see your hands. A few hands there. Good. How many are clueless? And how many are even listening to me? Okay. Neither one of those things have any relevance to anything. Nothing. But see, in the church today, funky church called Prosperity fully false, they'll say this. If you have enough faith, you'll be prosperous out of your mind. You'll never be sick. Everything will be good. Every parking place will be yours. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. Then we have people on this. Do you know why we have monasteries in the past? Because if you want to be spiritual, you get away. And you're going to be poor. And you're going to give up everything for God. Neither one of those have any relevance at all. They're all false. So 
James is going to teach us some amazing things. I've asked you to turn to James chapter 2. Watch what he says. It's a practical illustration. I'm going to update it for you, but let's read it as it's written first. My brothers, so he's writing to the church, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show, interesting word, favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but you say to the poor man, you stand here, how you like this, or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not, notice the word, discriminated among yourselves and become judges, notice where the discrimination starts, with evil thoughts. Interesting story. Let me update it. Two visitors arrive for church at the 1045 service at any of our campuses. One visitor arrives in a limousine driven by a special driver. He's decked out in the best clothes you could ever imagine. He has jewelry, gold everywhere. The other visitor arrives at the same time, but he walked to church. He has no car. He has no bike. Of course, he doesn't have a chauffeur-driven limousine. He arrives sweaty because he lives in Florida, and his clothes are old and threadbare, and his shoes hardly hanging on his feet. Now, a guest relations person from the church escorts the rich man to the best seat on the front row. Oh, by the way, the best seats are always on the front row. Hi, back there. Hi. And he, he, he walks him right up, puts him down, and he turns to the pastor and goes, yeah, take a second offering. Take a second offering. The man has gold. Now, that guest relations person walks to the back, and he tells the poor man who has just walked in sweaty, hey, you can stand up against the back wall there, or actually, if you like, you can actually sit on the floor, but make sure it's at the back. What is James trying to say to us? What do you, what do you think about that? Is that the way it should be? I mean, could it be like that in a church? Yes. Well, what is the answer to it? It's found in verse 1. Write this down this morning. First thing to write down, James called it favoritism. The definition of favoritism is this, the showing of special favor, partiality, a word that we're familiar with, bias, prejudice discrimination. Remember, by and large, the early church, many believers were poor. The people James is writing to were spread all over the world. They were new believers. They were Jewish. They were outcasts in the Jews. They were outcasts with the Gentile world, and they had a difficult time. The church in Jerusalem was very poor. In fact, Paul took an offering to kind of bring to, to help it out. But favoritism is not just about wealth or lack of wealth. It's judging a person 
on a superficial basis, by race, Jewish or Gentile, on nationality, color of skin, IQ, social status, young, old, male, female, Christian, unbeliever, Christian, Muslim, Christian, Hindu, Christian, married, unbeliever, homosexual, not married. You see, favoritism is directly related to pride. It's how I look at somebody and how I treat somebody. Now, why would James talk about this? I mean, it couldn't be present today, could it? Say yes. So what about this favoritism? Next thing you want to write down, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Favoritism, bias, discrimination is a sin. Notice James 2.9. We'll get there the next time I teach. But if you favor some people over others, you're actually committing a sin. Now, why in the world? Remember, hear the word and do the word. So why in the world is favoritism a sin? I mean, it's just the way I think about somebody. What's the big deal? Well, here's why. The Bible, Old and New Testament, is filled with verses about favoritism. God himself doesn't show favoritism. Notice how he states it in Deuteronomy 10. For the Lord, your God, is God of gods, and he's Lord of lords. He's the great God. He's mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality, and he accepts no bribes. Then when we get to the New Testament, Paul knew this fact. He was a great student, and Paul says this in Romans 2.11, for God does not show favoritism. Notice what Paul's saying. God is neither partial or prejudiced in his dealings with you and me or anybody in the whole human race. None of these common prejudices that we seem to hold matter at all to God. Remember, God created every single being. What is that saying? What is God saying? Since he doesn't show any favoritism, would you write this down? Notice the statement. Maybe you saw it up there. God says all people are what? Say it with me. All people are, all people are equal. W- would you just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm equal with you at all our campuses right now. Just turn to them. Just tell them. Now, who says that? Who says that? God says that. By the way, when you were created, what did God start with? Dirt. So we're all equal. So Adam and Eve are our parents. Now, I'm going to have a sign for you. Let's see if you can read it. See if you have any idea what I'm talking about today. When you leave here, let's see if you remember what I'm talking about. Anytime you see this sign, I want you to say what word? Okay, let's show you. Anytime you see the sign, what's the word? All of our campuses? Equal. Well, here's the issue. Do you really think you're equal with everybody? Well, we're going to see a lot of illustrations where God really speaks to our heart. And it's, it's a challenge for all of us. In the Old Testament, we know this. God never judges a person by what they're wearing, the gold the car they just came in. He doesn't judge externally. He always judges 
their heart. See, that's a problem for me because I can't see your heart. You can't see my heart. So God is not impressed with our net worth. He could care less about the color of a person's skin, the number of degrees after a person's name, or where in the world you live. Maybe you live in a gated community. I mean, he doesn't really care. I live in one. Big deal. It means nothing to God. God looks at the heart. And what does God see when he looks at the heart? He doesn't see what people do. Wow, look at that. Man, what kind of degree? Oh, he could be really special. No, we're all. Now, when Jesus saw Peter for the first time, he actually changed Peter's name. What did he see in Peter? Potential. Amazing potential. When Jesus saw Matthew, Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew was a person, was there any bias against Matthew? Yeah, he was an IRS agent. People hate IRS agents. The Jews hated Matthew. He stole from them, took extra money from them, whatever. He, there was no turbo tax in those days. Those guys got rich. So when Jesus walked by, his disciples were with him, some of them. He said to Matthew, hey, come follow me. And you can see the disciples go, wait a minute here. This is a guy that is not like us. People hate this guy. Jesus called him anyway. Why did Jesus call him? Because he saw great potential in Matthew. So much so, what's the first book in the New Testament? Uh, Matthew. Who wrote it? Peter. No, Matthew wrote it. (laughs) Would you turn to your neighbor and say, God sees great potential in me. Go ahead, right now, right now. See, some of you do not believe that because you don't believe you're worth it. Let me just tell you this up front. Your worth is not about you. Your worth comes from God loving you. And he loves us all. Doesn't matter your background. He sees great potential in all of us. Now, here's what shocked the religious people. When Matthew got down and said, I'll follow you, the next thing we know, Matthew throws a party in his house. Now, who is Matthew going to know? He doesn't know anything but other tax collectors. So we have this massive hate group (laughs) in Matthew's house. And the religious outside, the religious leaders, Jewish leaders, who are very biased, very prejudiced, Religion, church, say to the disciples, what's your boss doing with them sinners? Could I ask you a question? What do you think when you see a sinner? Are you biased? Well, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm better than them. Really? Really? No, I'm going to talk about it at the end. Because, see, sometimes in church, we think we're cool. We're not. We have a bias to people who don't, Believe like we do. So be careful. Why did Jesus do that? Because he came for all people. Those people were sinners. It was perfect. We should learn something from it. Now look at verse 2 again. Excuse me, chapter 2, verse 1. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Here's what James is saying. I want you to think. what, What do you think about people? When you see people, what do you think about them? And number two, how do you treat them? When you see people, when you see that poor person, that street person, what's going through your mind? And second, how are you going to treat them? Now, this is what is amazing of God. 
We know the early church, unlike anything that we'd ever seen before in the book of Acts, it was designed by God to be the only place in the ancient world where when you walk through the doors, all social distinction, all favoritism walked out the door. It, it did not exist. When people walked into the early church, it didn't matter their name, it didn't matter their color, it didn't matter Jew or Gentile eventually, it didn't matter their education, they were all equal. See, that was very, very, very unusual. Because the moment you stepped out of church, you went back in a world where everybody, oh, he's the 10th most rich, and they're the more talented, and look at that person down there. See, that's the world we live in. But God designed the church to be a place where we're all equal, because he made us. Now, no doubt, James is writing to these people, they're having a hard time practicing this principle, no bias, everybody being equal. Because outside the church was the real world. So James, the half-brother of Jesus, knew also this key because he lived with him all those years. Notice this statement. Jesus didn't show favoritism. Not only God, but Jesus who followed his father, he didn't show favoritism. Look at the verse. Matthew twenty-two sixty. They sent some of their disciples along with the supporters of Herod to meet with him. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. That's amazing. And you teach the way of God truthfully. Look at this. You are impartial, speaking about Jesus, and you don't, you don't, you don't play favorites. Wow. Well, if I'm supposed to be like Jesus, that should have something to say to me this morning. Now, not only, how did they know this? Keep your finger right there. We'll be back. Let's turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Great story. I'll go through it very quickly. But I think it's a great challenge to me. You remember, Jesus had his disciples. He was teaching them how to do real life. That's what I try to do when I teach. Put it into things uh, where you can see this is how, when you walk out of these doors at our campuses here in Melbourne, Avere, Sebastian, whatever, that you can go, okay, I, I can do this now. Here's how I'm supposed to live. Well, Jesus... It gets up, and you, you know in John 4, look at, look at verse 4, we hear these words. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Just look at me for a moment. There was bias big time in Jesus' day against the Romans. Jews don't like Gentiles. Gentiles don't like Jews. Religious people didn't like Jesus. They couldn't stand him. They couldn't stand his followers. They didn't like the followers of John the Baptist. And Samaritans in those days were a mix of Jew and Gentile. Actually, the Jews called Samaritan half-breeds. They had nothing to do with them. They would never go through their area. They were prejudiced. But God said to Jesus, I want you to go through Samaria. See, God is showing Jesus he's not favorite, doesn't have favoritism for anybody. And he knows there's a woman there. So Jesus goes into Samaria. He, he walks with the disciples. He gets tired. They stop at a well. He's going to get a drink. And the disciples go into a fast food restaurant. They're going to bring some food back to Jesus. While Jesus is there, he meets a woman. She's a Samaritan. He begins dialogue with her. He discovers, and he actually knew this up hand. She didn't know he knew it. She'd been married five times and divorced. The reason she was at the well at noon, because nobody else would hang with her, because she had a bad reputation. She was currently living with the guy. And Jesus basically said to her, hey, would you like to stop all this? See, here's, here's our mistake. 
And when you invite people to church, just be praying for this. People think, I'll get my life straight, then I'm going to go to church. My friend, you'll never get your life straight. Jesus gets our life straight. Pedro was here on Friday night at the men conference. Great, great, great pastor from Calvary Chapel Kindle. He and his wife, early 20s, alcoholics. Couldn't beat it. One to die. Didn't even know if they could wake up the next morning. He walked into Calvary Chapel one day. Got saved. Their life has never been changed. It's never been the same. Everything is gone. How did that happen? Jesus. It's called the one-step program. (laughs) Could I hear an amen somewhere? You see the one-step program right here. You're not beyond God changing your life forever. You just have to admit it, and he'll do it. Well, back to the story. The, watch what the lady says. Watch what this Samaritan woman says. Scoot on down to verse 9. Jesus had asked her for a drink. Look at verse 9. And the Samaritan would said to him, Jesus, Hey, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why in the world would you ask me for a drink? You see, she was shocked. Well, the disciples come back, finally with their bag of Happy Meals or whatever they had, And they see Jesus talking. See, rabbis weren't to talk to women, to to a Samaritan woman. And they're shocked. What was Jesus saying? By the way, she gets saved. Her whole life changed. She goes into town, tells everybody. The whole town comes out, and eventually the town gets saved. What was Jesus saying? What was he teaching his disciples? He didn't care that she was a Samaritan. That's out the window. He didn't care that she was a woman. You can go to plenty parts of the world today where women are abused still. He didn't care that she was a sinner and living in sin. Jesus was saying to his discipleship, I don't care about any of that stuff. She needs her life changed. Bias, favoritism, who cares of her background? It's out the window. How about you? How do you look at a sinner, a person that's different? A person that wears something on their head. They're Muslim. Uh, That's not me. No, it isn't you. Do they need Christ? I told you what's happening in Egypt. Muslims coming to Christ like crazy. Remember, Jesus didn't die for white America. He died for the world. So after Jesus finished this, the guy's reading lunch, Jesus reached into his bag and he took out a sign. And he said to his disciples... Exactly. See, they were getting it. They watched how he actually treated people. You know, it's one thing to say it, something very different to live it. Now, Jesus was as gracious to the woman who touched the hem of his garment as he was to his friends, Mary and Martha. He was just as welcoming to the poor, blind Bartimaeus as he was to the rich young ruler. He didn't show any kind of favoritism. Are you rich? Are you poor? Pastor Mark opened today's teaching with these simple questions. But these questions mean a lot in regards to today's teaching. We often judge people by the amount of money they make or what clothes they wear. James told us not to show favoritism. God created all of us as equals. Yes, some of us may make more money, but none of that will get us to heaven. Only a relationship with Jesus will. 
Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Did Jesus treat everyone as equals? Pastor Mark will show us next time on Lessons for Living that yes, he did treat everyone as equals. He loved tax collectors and children the same. He showed kindness to women living in sin and to people hungry to hear his teachings. Everyone deserves to hear and be loved by God. We must be sure we don't get in the way of that with our favoritisms. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons.